Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel? Oh, it's a wonderful day. No, it's been miserable. It's been freezing cold, and now it is raining and just been wet all week. But yeah, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about the weather. We're having all. Brenner for dinner tonight. Oh, my gosh. Which I know you love. I love breakfast. So that's how we're redeeming this dreary day. Okay, that's not where I was going to go, but we need to talk about this. Yeah, we're having... Is breakfast for dinner better than breakfast for breakfast? Tummy likey. No, they're both awesome. Well, equals fantastic answer. I do think it tastes better, though, at night. I think breakfast tastes better at night. And I love breakfast anyways because we had breakfast at our wedding. I mean... I know. It was, I told you it was the best wedding dinner I've ever had. It was awesome. Breakfast for dinner is awesome because naturally, if you have an indulgent, amazing, awesome breakfast, like on the weekends, mm-hmm. you want to take a nap afterwards. Fair. And the great thing about Brenner is you don't feel like a sloth. go to bed. <laughs> if you take a nap afterwards. And not only is it a nap... It's like a solid night's sleep. Wow. So I think Brenner really just contributes to overall health, wellness, and happiness in life. I I think I agree with you. And you guys throw down for for breakfast. Like I know you on the weekends you make a big We do. We make sourdough pancakes every single weekend. Wow. So sourdough we pancakes. Started a sourdough starter the day that we brought our first son home from the hospital. Okay. And we've managed to keep both him and that sourdough alive <laughs> for almost eight years now. Wow. And every weekend we make a tradition of having um, using it to make pancakes. I love you, man. From what I've heard, you put sprinkles in them. Uh, yes, we every weekend we have sprinkles. Wow. I'm impressed. Because it's a great way to kick off the weekend. That sounds amazing. How can not... Saturday be bad when you start it with sprinkles? That is very fair. Um, I have not had... Um, I'd been going on this thing for several weeks and i've not had any sweets in like a month so for the month of january basically i don't know you anymore you're breaking my heart you're going down a path i can't follow this weekend it's that's ending and i am able to have sweets for the first time in a month and it's going to be breakfast food i don't i can't decide though i i don't know if i want to do like french toast on the blackstone or cinnamon rolls you haven't had sweets in a month correct your birthday was at the beginning of the month. We got you donuts. Okay. It started right after. Thank you, Daniel. Okay. okay three weeks. I was weeks. like, wait a minute. Three weeks. Yes. It started right after my birthday. Yes. That's fair, though, because you don't want to start yeah. that type of thing before your birthday. I don't think I've ever gone any length of time not having sweets in my adult life. <laughs> well, it's been I'm tough. basically the elf. I'll tell you right now, it's been really tough. And it was fine the first week. I was like, this is not a big deal. This is fine. The second week, I was like, okay, this is a little bit harder. Last night, I was walking around Sam's Club, and they were cooking the fresh apple pie in the back, and I mm. love apple pie, and it was like that apple pie, fresh out of the oven smell. I about lost my mind. Interesting. So Does dark got... chocolate count as sweet? Yes. Okay. I'm 
basically no sugar. Like I, it's been okay. like no sugar. I have chocolate every single day of my life. <laughs> Do you really like just like a square of dark chocolate? I have like we keep uh, dark chocolate chips in the house, partially because of the pancakes on the weekends, mm. partially so that we're ready to make chocolate chip cookies at the drop of a hat or brownies. And partially so you can have some every day. And yeah, we go through a lot of chocolate <laughs> chips because once the bag's open, I'll just help myself. Fair enough. And I don't think I've gone a day in my life as long as I can think about it, except maybe on vacations and stuff without having some chocolate. Okay, you're making me think about it. So we're going to go on to our housekeeping odds and ends. We are sponsored this episode and all episodes by Jewel Financial. We have a wealth development program. It's been rocking. We've had people all over the country reach out to us. If you have a difficult situation, you have a unique situation, maybe you're getting some stock options or RSUs or some interesting things through your company. Maybe you and your spouse have kids and there's some complications of what we do with them. And and there's some different things in your past, kind of the initial back to the basics things that we've talked about in recent episodes. Then reach out to us. Feel free to go to jewelfinancial.com. It's J-O-U-L-E financial.com. That's J-O-U-L-E. Reach out to us. You can go on there. You can put a meeting request in for us to meet and talk about what's going on in your financial world, and then we can kind of go from there and put you in the right direction. Send us questions. Your questions have been great. We've been getting a lot of good questions. Um, so podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org to send us those. If we use your question on the show, you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card uh, that we'll send out to you. All right, let's get to our question today because it is a really, really good one. Um, so our question today is from Amber. Amber, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hi, DIY Money. This is Amber, originally from Puerto Rico, now living in Michigan. Right now, I'm dating someone with a an income that is significantly higher than mine. And I think mainly because of that, their spending habits are quite different from me. And I feel like they spend too much for my comfort. And I'm thinking very seriously about this person, uh, maybe even marrying them in the future. So my question is, how do you come to an agreement about money spending when both of you care about money, both of you care about investing, but you have different views about how much should be spent on what? Amber, great question, and uh, this is a really good one because I think from what I've seen from my own marriage, from a lot of the marriages I've seen, I think a lot of people that start a marriage have different, well, I mean, everybody has different backgrounds, but they have different philosophies on money sometimes before they're married and they kind of go into that space. So, Daniel, how would you take this from the top? So... Usually we deal with this question with folks who are engaged, mm-hmm. about to get married, or married. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a little bit easier in that regard because at that point, you've already kind of ripped part of the bandage off in the fact that you've combined your lives to some extent. Right. And now we're just talking about how do we frame up combining or managing our financial lives in the perspective of we've combined our actual lives. Like, yeah. We are now moved in together. We're married legally and stuff like that. But I like that Amber's thinking about this early. I mean, because we have a lot of situations where you see people that are in that next phase, and it's like, wow, Mm -hmm. they are vastly, vastly different in these areas. Yeah, I think you just have to be cognizant of you can move towards that Mm. during this season, but because you're not like 
married or committed to the long term yet. You're still in a, like in a relationship, but not committed to the long term. And I know that some of our listeners may not always get married to be committed to the long term, but it sounds like it's still in the relational. Like we might someday make that jump, mm-hmm. you know, to long term commitment, whether that is uh, marriage or you know some other type of uh, sort of long term commitment union, right? So I think as you're on the road, as you're navigating towards that, you can start to lay the groundwork for having those values discussions. Like, And, and I think it has to be non-accusatory. Yeah. So you have to start with the framework of like, actually, my perspective could be wrong or I might have something to learn. And you have to find the common ground to meet in the middle. Because when it comes to sort of money values, uh, money perspectives, things like that, neither of you is actually correct. In fact... Mm-hmm. You're both probably wrong. <laughs> okay. To well, some to some extent, right? Yeah. So what you have to do is you have to craft new philosophy and new values together. What are you as a family going to uh, have and set as your values? Not what were the values that your family had, that your circumstances sort of forced upon you, various things like that. So for instance, sometimes we'll see people who are incredibly, incredibly, incredibly frugal, not because it's smart but because of the family and economic status and things like that that they grew up in. Mm-hmm. Conversely, we will sometimes see people who are ridiculous spenders, and it's not because they have loads of money or because it's smart, but it's because they grew up in an environment and family that taught them that that was a value or that that was practical and things like that. Add on multitudes of other layers that you can Absolutely. have. Like levels together. of financial education that they've had, exactly. different things that have come along the way. And that can really change what someone's perspective is. But I think you're completely right to say, as you go to the next phase, as you mm-hmm. go to the long-term commitment, you have to figure out how to blend those things like you have to do everything else that's in marriage. You have to figure out, yep. you know, if you guys desire for kids, those things that... Where you're going to live. Where you're going to live. All these you things. You know, it, what your wedding is going to look like. I mean, all of these things that come into play when you kind of start down that road of commitment and combining things, that's what you have to do in this situation with finances. Mm-hmm. So what do you think kind of conversations can come now if they're not necessarily have gone to that point, but what kind of conversations facilitate? Maybe, I mean, maybe thinking about what is your background? What are the things that you learned as a kid and mm-hmm. as you were growing up? What, what other things do you think of? And I want the rest of you to know something. There's a new sheriff in town. Yeah, I think you could read some books on money and just discuss those. Mm-hmm. Um, you could discuss you know, where you think they're right, where you think they're wrong, navigate those together. I think that creates sort of a neutral third party. Yeah. Like you could both hate on something or love on something together. and But it reaches that discussion of why do I agree or disagree with this? And where are those differences? And you're not just attacking the other person, like they're spending or they're saving or things like that. Mm-hmm. You're you're looking at the ideas and discussing the ideas and then trying to navigate, should you bring those ideas into your relationship or not? So I would start there. I would probably then start, as you navigate how to bring those ideas into your relationship, I would start with the bigger things. Yeah. Like... You know, how much do we want to spend on housing and how much do we want to set aside in savings? That type of thing. You know, those like really big dollar amount numbers or percentage amount numbers of your monthly budgets. I would first work through those things and then understand that in the peripheral, you're each going to have spending and saving values um, on the smaller things. Things like 
um, personal care, things like, you know, some groceries or hobbies or things like that. And I think especially early on, you know, maybe eventually you kind of combine all that into one big pool. But especially early on, you're each going to need some freedom and margin to spend buckets the way that you want or you'll drive each other totally nuts, especially if you're starting from a very opposite place. Yeah. So you got to have those buckets where um, each partner, whether it's a totally separate account type of thing and and you kind of dump money in it, assuming you've kind of combined finances, right? That you dump money in it and you're allowed to spend it how you want or however that works for you cash envelopes, um, separate credit card, whatever that is. But you're kind of budgeting like, hey, this is my money, Mm -hmm. at least for now, to sort of spend on the hobbies, the food, the dining out, the coffee, the clothes. Like, this is mine. And as long as I don't spend over that, then we're not going to question. Yeah, you can't really have a conversation of like, oh, that was dumb that you spent your money on that because that was set aside and you budgeted for Mm -hmm. that. And we're not saying keep your finances separate, but we're saying have sections of your budget that say you can spend this i don't care what it is fifty dollars a month or whatever it is on whatever you want yeah especially very early on as you're navigating this so that you can focus on some of the things that are much more bigger and significant without because the alternative is you start to have discussions on like rent or mortgage dollar amount right or amount that you're going to put into your retirement accounts or amount that you're going to spend on maybe it is the grocery bill or whatever and then you inevitably bring in this like $25 expense into the equation that yeah. you guys are going to fight on. But it's not that $25 expense that's the issue. It's the other values that are going on over here. So I think, one, starting with an external resource that you guys neutrally talk about the ideas and values in it, helpful. Then bring that into the larger, more significant decisions and dollar amounts. And then eventually, as you're ready and as you guys have developed these communications and you realize that both of you want the best, you just have different styles, then start to craft those styles into sort of everything. But some couples that we work with still, after years or decades, will each kind of have their own fun fund. In fact, even couples that combine their expenses, a lot of times there's some level of understanding of like, hey, I'm going to trust you to spend you know X amount on this. And I'm not going to question it. Yep. And usually what that manifests eventually is you just become comfortable with each other and realize like, hey, we're kind of both idiots and we're, we have things that we just like to spend money on, whether it be hobbies, whether it be you know services or whatever. And we're just going to be okay with that over time because we know yeah. we love each other and we know that we're working together towards a common goal and we've figured out the bigger things. Does that make sense? No, it totally does. And I'm backtracking a little bit, but as you were saying that, I was, I was thinking in my mind, um, Amber, I think you really... I mean, you should have this conversation of just saying, hey, this makes me uncomfortable. Because you might not have ever had that conversation. If you're sure. in a dating phase and, and you're starting to feel that, and, and you may have never actually said to your significant other, hey... Slow your roll, cowboy. The spending that that you have right now, that, that makes me a little uncomfortable. This is how, you know, you can be vulnerable yourself. This is how I was raised. This is what I think of money. And just kind of open that dialogue, I think, starts the opens the floodgates a little bit to start the conversation and to start going down this road. But Daniel, I mean, I think you're completely correct in combining those goals and making those things a priority to talk about. I think money is a super important thing. I mean, I'm going to fast track a little bit and say that they are married and they do have things combined. I think it's important that once a month, 
you guys have a, a neutral site that you go to and you talk about money and you kind of review what your expenses are. We talk in the DIY Money book about having a family CFO. So figuring out who that is and then having the support person and make sure both people know their role and how to support each other. And then, you know, if it ultimately maybe before marriage or whatever it is, if it ultimately is just like we are just never going to come to an agreement here, I mean, that's one of the that's one of the things that can hurt relationships over yeah. a long period of time. So you might have to, I mean, having those conversations early, I think is crucial and understanding, okay, where, where can we both give ground to make sure that we're both comfortable and we're both making long-term plans and goals for our life. Yeah. I realized as you were talking, I was one, making one potentially dangerous assumption that the spending um, that Amber's partner is doing is within their income level. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. So what I am assuming is that um, they're not spending beyond yeah. their means. Right. And like incurring debt and struggling to pay off debt. So if it's that type of concern that we're having, then that has to be addressed pretty directly mm -hmm. uh, because that's not a values sort of thing. That's like... A financial management thing, yeah. And I, I mean, if they're if they're just loading up credit cards and putting a significant amount of money into debt and that yeah. kind of thing, if that can't be resolved, that's eventually a red flag from a relationship status. If you are guys are totally mixed, and you ought to be, like we shouldn't be drowning ourselves in debt that you can't afford, right? right? right. So if it becomes like that, that that can almost borderline into sort of like an addiction type of issue where somebody's addicted to spending more than they have available especially as it sounds like this person has reasonable level of income. Mm -hmm. However, if it's Amber has a lower income amount and this other person has a higher income amount and therefore their expenses are relative to their higher income amount but not beyond their income to where they're accruing debt, yeah. then it's just a lifestyle, like how they choose to live within their means. And that I'm kind of okay about. So I just wanted to yeah. circle back on that because there could be a bigger issue there that we don't realize because of the nature of the question. For sure. That's a great that's a great point. I think we'll end it there. I hope I hope you found value in that, Amber. And if you you know, just have the conversations. Start the dialogue. It's it's important to do. It, and if you're married out there, make sure you're having these dialogues, you're setting goals, and you're giving each other space to save or spend or do things in your own manner that should be factored in as well in your budgeting we don't talk about that enough that you should give room for spending money the way you want to spend whenever you combine finances all right friends we're going to end it there the secret to wealth is really very simple live on less than you make invest the rest do so for a very long time make it a great one Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.